What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us on another episode of Coast to Coast. I'm Ronan Gain. Joining me, as always, my boy from Boston, Christian Nambu. Thank you for making Coast to Coast your first choice for NBA coverage. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. You can also watch every episode in full over on our YouTube channel, along with all of our best hot takes. Just search Coast to Coast NBA podcast. And speaking of hot takes, we're going to kick off the show with a a new segment that we're introducing with some quick fire hot takes from myself and Chris that we are calling catch and shoot. And uh, we each have a few, a few uh, little quips that we've seen from across the NBA in the first week. And uh, we will decide whether it's a, it's a brick or a bucket is a good or bad. And Chris, I'll let you start off. What is it? What's your first hot take for, for this season? I imagine that if, if we're, if this is uh catch and shoot, a lot of this is going to be like watching the Lakers, uh, who I'll start off with the fun fact who right now have the worst three point shooting percentage I think since uh, the 87 Lakers I believe that's the, the, the last worst team who did go on to win it. I think they, they went on to go to win the championship 87 or 88. can't remember. But my, so is, is this not a hot take? Uh, my first shot I'm going with Utah are going to win more games than the Lakers this year. Oh, damn. Uh, four and man. one. They're four oh, and one. Man. They are four and one. But I got I gotta say that that's a brick because surely to God they are gonna make moves so that they don't win that many games at some point. They they they, they, they you don't trade away your two best players and then expect to be in the playoffs again. That that just can't happen. They they didn't expect Lowry Markinen to finally become the Lowry Markinen that I've been waiting for him to become on the on the Bulls. But uh yeah, they did not expect that. I'm tossing you the rock, Ronan. What, what's your what's your shot here? I gotta go. I gotta go uh, with uh, one on the Philadelphia 76ers, and I think Doc Rivers is gonna be fired at some point. <laughs> Whoa! All right, you're starting off there. That's uh, man, that's a that's a brick. That's a brick. When has he ever gotten fired? When has he ever gotten fired? He's 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 unfireable for no reason. He's unfireable. That may be true, but that'll be a mistake for Philly because everything just seems to be a, a real a real tough battle. They always just seem to be doing what he doesn't want on uh, on the court so far this season. Actually, you know what? I, I'm going to change my answer because not thinking about who is on this team, it's you got Harden on this team. We we know exactly who's running this team. If if they can, if he can't get Maxi involved, if Maxi takes a step back, I think I think you'll start to hear the the rumors of it because. Couldn't work it out with Simmons. You can't work it out with Maxi. Maxi, a guy who we think should be transcendent. That uh, you know what that that might go in. You might have kind of a quiet shot here. That maybe maybe it goes in. It's gonna have to roll around the rim a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think that's probably fair. What what what's what's your second one for you? All right, the Blazers will not be in the play-in this year. They will clinch a playoff spot in the. West. I think that's definitely a bottom just so long as that uh, injury that Damian Lillard picked up last night is not uh, not anything too serious. Dude, they look good, man. That small ball, that potential, we were like, all right, how are they going to figure out this, this center rotation, the things they've been doing with the small ball, their best numbers, even though it's like, again, I like that we're doing this because we don't have any really good data to go off. It's not enough games. But what you saw from them running small ball, their best numbers – are with uh, Justice Winslow at the five, the type of things they can do there. They're we're not going to write off 
Um, Chauncey Billups is a good coach. The things that they've been doing, you see the heaters we get from Anthony Simons. They actually have wings. Yeah, this team is legit. I think they need to be given more potential uh, for being a top 16. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, my, my, my next grip is uh, another team that I think are going to are gonna rise higher than expect- expectations. Uh, I think the Dallas Mavericks are going to end up as a top four seed in the Western Conference. They've made a typical start. The two games they've lost have only been by two points. That was also followed by a blowout win in between. With Luka Doncic, I think they're going to be led to a top four seed in the Western Conference. That's a bucket. Easily a bucket. I'll I'll go, I'll one-up you there. I think that Christian Wood will be an all-star by the end of the year. And let let me justify that. Let me justify that. Because he's not a starter right now, which I think is, again, we talked about part of it being more committed defensively and trying to see how things work out. I don't even think he's at his full potential. He's scoring 24, nine, 24, nine on 62% from the field, 61% from three. That's not going to be sustainable, but he hasn't even fully developed alongside Luca yet. When that gets going, how much better are his numbers going to look and how much more impactful is he going to be in that starting lineup? I mean, like, yeah, I mean, Luca still is also looking better than ever before because He's in the first three games, he hit 35, 32, 37. Last season, it took him seven games to hit 30, and it took him 37 games to hit 33 times in a row. He's looking in the best shape he's ever been in his career, and that's only going to project himself and the Dallas Mavericks way up higher. Yeah. That's, are you letting me get away with that? That's a, that's a, is that a bucket? No, Christian Wood All Star, twenty twenty three. I mean, I I I, I want to give you a bucket because I I I believe I believe <laughs> that what you're saying is right. Okay, all right, we'll we'll mark it right here, October twenty seventh. Christian Wood All Star, uh, just put him in more pick and rolls. I want to see him in more pick and rolls. That's it. Um, same with the former Mav. I'm, I'm gonna take a shot right here, and this is just for you. Jalen Brunson is already the best point guard the Knicks have had since Stephon Marbury in the early two thousands. Oh, that's a that's a that's a bucket. I mean, is that a bucket? That's a, that's a straight up bucket. Jalen Brunson is looking great, and we we saw every reason that the Knicks went out and paid him that money in the game last night, with which they won in overtime. Brunson just came up so clutch, facilitating and scoring, and just doing things that no one else on the team was able to do, and that we didn't have that we couldn't do last year. It, it's so funny, like j- just inside, like he a guy like him who you look at him next to. Doncic, you'd usually assume based on that archetype player, oh, if you give him the ball more, like he's not used to that. He's going to turn the ball over. That is seven to one assist to turnover ratio. That, I mean, he has to be leading the league right now, obviously. If that just goes down a little bit, he's still easily on top of the league there. 18 points, 47% from the field, 42% from three. Like, lights out. I think he's proving that it's it's really going to work out for this team. Yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what I, that's what I love to see. I'm going for another, another, uh, another coaching uh, one here, and I think you and the coaches. Steve man. Nash had the look of a coach who was about to be fired last night when he just went off and got himself thrown out of that Bucks game. That reaction was just not not warranted at all. He he, he, couldn't, he could barely be controlled. He just had the look of a guy who knows that his his time may just be up. That I have to comment on that. That that's a. I'll, I'll give you. I, I'm not to brick. That's a brick. They're not firing him. I don't think they'll fire him. That that that's my thing. 
I have to defend the coaches from you, man. You're always going after them. It's, it's been like three, it's been four or five games in the season. You're already going after these guys, but I will say it was weird for him to react like that. Cause that's not really, you don't see that from Steve Nash. So I was like, is this like performative? Is he just trying to like really show his guys some passion, just trying to, you know, prove that he's on their side. I, I don't know. It, it's, it wasn't very characteristic of, of Nash, but things don't, we'll talk about the Nets later, but things don't look super great in Brooklyn. So I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a half bucket here. I don't know if I can do that. Is that allowed? But too, too many, too many open threes. That that was an open one. <laughs> All right, come on. We got, we'll get one more from each of us. What's your, what's your last one? What's your last quip here? I gotta take a shot. I gotta say that uh, the 38th pick last year, Io Desumu right now looks like a lottery level steal. If you're gonna do a redraft, he is a top 12 pick. I think I think that I gotta give you a bucket on that. The guy is stepping up, and you, like w- what we're seeing from Patrick Williams, the guy we have more faith in, uh, is disappointing. And the Sunmu is just stepping up and showing that he he's the absolute steal, and he he can be he can be part a big part of the future for the Bulls. Yeah, dude, Io I Io is the reason I don't have to think about Pat, and I don't want to think about Pat. Maybe we'll talk about Pat, but it'll make me sad too because Io, that's Io's only good news from what I've seen from him. Um, did you see the video of him yelling at Drummond? Yeah. The, the other game. So there's, it was uh, it was late in the game. Drummond gets attack, and like there's just these times where the Bulls are just like collapsed last year, and it was stuff like this. Io, who's like I want to say like ten years, eight, ten years is his uh, junior. It's in his face, just like relax. You need to focus. You need to stay in the game, and and Drummond's just like yeah, 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 focusing. So he's he's a legit leader. He goes beyond just the stats. Like he is a guy that in his second year is already a leader on this bull squad. So just have just have to throw it out there, man. Very impressed. Yeah, and then I gotta go. Gotta go in on the Lakers for the last one here. Obviously, we know they cannot hit a three pointer. You mentioned at the start. I it really looks like they have to add a legit scorer who can hit a three and also a three and D wing or this season is just going to be another complete bust. I'm looking Terry Rogier, Buddy Hield, two guys of that ilk. They need to add at least two of them or this season is going to be a disaster. But the net did not move on that one. That, I mean, that's the, it's funny because when we make comments about teams very often, it's with like the caveat of, okay, if we're thinking about it, they've obviously thought about it. So <laughs> when we pointed out these things about the Lakers, that everybody's pointing out, like it just makes no sense that the the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers, with historically arguably one of the best players of all time, cannot figure it out. I don't know, man. That everyone's talking about the Lakers. So I don't want to talk too much about the Lakers today, but that's spot on, dude. Like I, it doesn't make sense that I mean it does make sense because they didn't want to spend money on a shooter, so they didn't get a shooter. So when your best, when the guy who's taking the most threes on the court is LeBron James, you failed. You failed. I'll I'll take I'll take that a step further. This is my last shot. If you are for doing revisionist history here, the Lakers should never have traded for Anthony Davis. Ooh, that is that is that's getting real deep there. It's it's tough to make the call because they got the title. But Brandon looking at Andrew. it, looking at it now. Yeah, maybe. I, I I won't answer that until the end of this season. Who who have been his best his best mates? 
Kyrie Irving, Dwayne Wade, perimeter players who can create their own shot, get to the rim. You know, he's not had, like, Anthony Davis, he was a star player when they traded for him. So, like, you maybe you make that trade 10 times out of 10. But it was at the time, like, wow, that's a lot. Like, it was, it, I think anyone who was really paying attention didn't see that as, like, a a absolute grand slam trade. It was a lot for Anthony Davis. Like, Anthony Davis needed to deliver on that. And – did it in year one. He just hasn't done it since. <laughs> Did he do it in year one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but it was like, but that trade was like, I'm mortgaging my future for the guy that's going to continue this team where we don't care about our draft picks for the next few years because we're going to be one of the best teams in the league. We're going to be in the playoffs every year. That was the kind yeah. of trade you made. That's true. So that that's it wasn't about one year. It was about handing the torch from LeBron to Anthony Davis and Brandon Ingram looks like a better player who i mean who would you rather have right now pascal siakam or anthony davis you have to think about it yeah. you have to think about it that's the point yeah that's the point do you, do you trade do you trade pascal siakam for for first round picks and all your young players no yeah yeah that's it yeah, I like that there. You're kind of gone in deep there. Give me the bucket. But I give me the it. bucket. I, 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 I probably have to give you. you probably have to give you a bucket there. But I, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll end it out there. That's our first round of catch and shoot. We'll be uh, coming back to that all season long. Well, that was uh, a bit of fun. Now let's get talking a bit more broadly on that. We'll we'll start with the good teams, the teams that are are showing up early and saying "I told you so" to to the rest of the league. Which team do you want to start with here? Easy. Pelicans. The Pelicans to me, they look like the second deepest team in the West, second to the Warriors. So that, that's not even to talk about the fact that Brandon Ingram looks like he's still picking out where he's coming off. CJ still looks great. And he's not even gotten to like a fully important. I think he's still kind of easing into the season. And Zion, I mean, he looks like he fits in the state. Like the question is like, how is he going to fit on the court? Uh, is he kind of kind of disrupt the synergy that they had last year? But in the time that we've seen him on the court with them, they looked seamless. The inside-out attack, the amount of shooting that they have in the perimeter, the defense that they can surround them with, how, like, just physically, like, looking at how Zion attacks the paint, and then you have to deal with Jonas, too, and a little bit of spacing Jonas can provide. I mean, this team looks just as perfect as we thought they might. Like, it almost looks like best-case scenario, and they haven't even gotten to their full potential. Like, this has to be, like, the most I-told-you-so team in the league. And all the fans is Anyone who's a Pelicans fan is like has been dreaming about how the team is going to look, and will tell you that, yeah, this is what it's supposed to be. Duh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been, it's been really, really impressive. And we saw, uh, it was a Tuesday night against uh, against Dallas. We just saw yeah. everything that this team is about because there was no Ingram, there was no Zion, but the way this team is built. They are grafters. They are tough. They are never going to roll over. Whoever is out there on the floor is going to give 110%. You are going to have to give it your all to beat them. I mean, like we saw Trey Murphy going off and probably the best night he's ever going to have. <laughs> but he hit 22 <laughs> points. Missed one shot. Eight, eight of eight for the field, four and four from three. The guy was was looking unbelievable. And you've got like you got the, the vet, CJ McCollum, just lead, leading the pack. And it's just going to be – they're just going to be such a – such a great fun team to watch, but also a team that everybody is going to 
fear playing because the way that they're going to bring it each night, it, it's it's quite similar to what we saw with, with the Grizzlies last year. Yeah, and they that next man up mentality is so huge, and that's what made Memphis so great throughout the regular season last year, surviving jaw, getting injured. They just won game, but you survive a game against Luka Doncic. Um, he had a great game. Uh, Wood had a great game. It looked like Dinwiddie was heating up. Like the, it was funny. They they put out Jackson Hayes out there, and it seemed like things were starting to come a little bit. Then lineup changes, and you that next man up, you put out Devonte Graham out there. I mean, he was making clutch shots down the stretch. You have just so many different ways that you can like put lineups out there. They're really going to be able to match up well, just about to just about anybody. You know, if you need some shooting, you got shooters. You need to add more defense. You throw in Dyson Daniels out there, it seems like he gets a steal literally within the first like two possessions that he's out there. Like he, I, I haven't looked at per 36, but he has to have the highest steal rate per 36 in the league because he just gets out there and immediately gets a steal. So just imagine when he's fully integrated in this team, you need to get stops. Like you throw him and Herb Jones out there, that's a nightmare, man. Like dealing with those two guys. It's it's just insane when you look back and you're like thinking about who are they surrounding Zion with? It's already kind of looking like weird. Like they don't really have any promising young players. And then you put in Willie Green, you make a couple moves, you draft the right guys, you bring in CJ McCollum, you fully empower Brandon Ingram. And all of a sudden, a couple years later, this team looks ready. I think they're going to be better than the, they're going to be viewed as a better team than someone like the Suns by the end of the year. I think they're that good. I think they're that deep. I think Zion is that special. I think CJ and Brandon Ingram name name some better shot creators in this league. When you talk about a playoff ready team, this is it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now you just just the thing. Now we know we know Ingram is going to be back soon. Obviously, he was out with concussion protocol, which is a blow. Zion, we're we're obviously not too sure they're going to take their time with that. So hopefully, it didn't look great. It did the the fall. It did it did not look great. It looked like a. A sore one. Hopefully, it's not. It's nothing. Uh, nothing too serious. But then you look at the next four games. They've got the Suns, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Warriors. If they are, maybe you say they're without Zion. Maybe even if you think that they, if they split those games, they go two, two out of four with those games. That's still an unbelievable start to the season, considering the the matchups that they're they're going against. They're going against three of the four teams that we expect to be challenging for for the NBA finals this year in, in the Western conference, if they can really put, put up uh, performances against them, everyone's going to start taking notice of this, of this new Orleans team. Yeah. And in the, those matchups too, you really look forward to um, Herb's out there, what he can do defensively. You, you play around with having Dyson Daniels out there. Even Trey Murphy looks really locked in defensively. We always know what we get from Alvarado. I think from a team perspective, like they, are going to really want to challenge those guys. This early in the regular season, you're going to be faced with Booker. You're going to be faced with Paul George. And Paul, and Paul George, like, um, or, or the Kawhi Leonard, a little concern there. Um, I, know, I don't know if we have time to talk about it today, but, um, you know, it's just going to be the Paul George show until he's back. Well, the pro, the pro, a pro of missing games, you know? It's just the way he is, but he'll be there come playoff. It, it's, it's weird, man. It's weird stiffness in the knee after having so much time away, but maybe that's maybe that is natural. Just not having real game reps being in. But my point is that like the Pelicans can compete defensively. They don't have to just rely on Brandon Ingram go out there score a bunch of points if he's back or CJ score all these points. 
Zion score these points if he's back. They can rely on team contract. They rely on team defense. They look really, really, really good at keeping everyone involved and everyone knowing their role, just like we said last year. Yeah. I think they can do it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And what about a team that made one of the biggest moves in the offseason? The Cleveland Cavaliers have made a really, really impressive start uh, with uh, with Donovan Mitchell in their ranks. They are 3-1. and one. Their only loss was a three-point loss to the Raptors, in which they lost uh, – Darius Garland at the very start, which was a big blow, but since then they've they've looked impressive. They blew out the Bulls, they beat Washington, and then they beat the East to victory over the Magic last night. And Donovan Mitchell has just been electric so far. 31 and 9 in his first game. Then he goes 32, 9 and 8 in the second, 37, 5 and 4. Obviously wasn't uh wasn't really up to much last night, but it didn't need to be. The team was still able to able to get the win and it's uh he he's looking like the difference maker to get them into the playoffs already. Yeah, I'd I'd love to I'd love to see him do it alongside um Garland. It, it's unfortunate to see him get injured because I believe both of them can do it together. But yeah, it's uh quite quite a scoring barrage. We know we're gonna get this from uh Donovan Mitchell. I mean to see him do it on the team is no surprise. Um and ah man, it just is so scary. The East is so scary. The, the fact that they have Donovan Mitchell and they're growing Evan Mobley. Um, I I want to see them get a little bit more synergy. Like it, w- it would be good to see them create more of a, a pairing, but that's something that's going to happen later on the season. But it, it doesn't feel like Mitchell's doing too much. It doesn't feel like the vibe of this team is changing. It feels like a seamless fit that's going to get even better. Um, but I can't wait to see it more with, with, uh, with Garland. But we'll see how that, dynamic works out because there's always just going to be this this comparison before the frame of reference when we look at how the pairing of Garland and Sexton looked and then comparing it to Mitchell so if Garland's numbers start to go down then it's going to be this question of oh is that is that the right thing we're not really helping Garland uh, develop but we'll, we'll see that that's gonna be something that will take a few months to evaluate but man he looks good if this is the the Donovan Mitchell they they got then they're really dangerous they finally have a guy who they can rely on as a efficient shot creator, and that's what he's doing right now. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. They're looking good on both ends, as we as we knew they were. Like defense was a big thing for them last year with the size they have with Mobley with with Jared Allen. I mean, that game against the Bulls, they were able to hold DeRozan to just thirteen points. They're getting big contributions off the bench, and like you said, this they're doing this without having. Darius Garland in the team at the moment, and you you like to think that it's only going to get better from here. That's why they they made the move. You, you keep mentioning you want to see it with Garland, but the fact that you know that they can do it without him, and you and you feel that the addition of him, it's only going to make it better. You're kind of like Cavs. Cavs could uh, could slip in there. They could you think of the start that the Seventy Sixers have made. A couple of other teams have made slow starts. They could really. Make a make an early move to make sure they're challenging up around for a top four seed in, in the East early. Yeah, and how about how about Point Levert? Everything six point three assists per game. And this maybe this is what Karis always needed to do. He just needed to be a distributor. He's our uh, point guard off the bench. That that's actually for me an interesting development. We'll, we'll see if that if that keeps on. But kind of a question I had for for the Cavs is you know where is their playmaking going to come from? Um, you know if if they don't. If they're not having, um, I'm I'm blanking on his name. Who's still injured? Um, uh, they don't have Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio is a huge part of what they did last year. So having a guy who can legitimately facilitate um, off the bench, if if Carousel Rate is being that, 
instead of this kind of inefficient chucker that we've kind of framed him to be, that's a huge development. That that's a guy that's going to be a contributor on this deep team. And give credit to Donovan Mitchell too. 7.3 assists so far per game. He's he's looking to get his teammates involved. And this is a team that needs that, especially with two bigs like Allen and Mobley. Um, yeah, overall impressed. Impressed. I, I think we shouldn't be too shocked because it's Donovan Mitchell on a team like the Cavs who were really challenging last year, but it looks like they're they're gonna show that that was legit. Yeah, that's the, that's the main thing. You just have the question mark. Was this uh, was this just a one off, or can they can they build on it? And they're they're showing that they're the the ability is is within this team to to build on what they did last year. And uh, what about what about another team that uh, they had a little blip last night? But uh, before that, they were the four and team, the the team that are really uh, really looking good, the Portland Trailblazers. Four and one start. They've beaten the Kings. They've beaten the Suns. They've beaten the Lakers. Beaten the Nuggets. Fell to Miami last night with Dame going down injured, but Dame before that it was like Dame time is back in Portland and th- and things are looking great. That what was the thing that Portland always needed? Like the like if you had to, if you have to think back right now, like two years ago or in bubble when when the the Blazers are challenging the playoffs every single year. Like if you had to do two things out of the team, what would they be to make them championship contenders? I mean, you 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 want their their wing play, wing 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 defense. Yeah, they want wings. Gotcha. And the other thing is defense, wings and defense. That's all they need, wings and defense. You have Dave. So, dude, they have wings and defense right now. They're the tenth ranked, ninth to tenth ranked defense in the league. Again, these rankings don't mean too much first five games, but I think they've showed enough that that defense is real. With uh, I think the contributions they get from Hart, from Jeremy Grant, from Monsieur Little, um, and even even what they're like, I had mentioned what they're getting from Justice Winslow at five, playing some small ball. Um, but I feel like this is enough to tell me that they're not going to be a bad defense like they were in the past. Like they're they're showing enough commitment on the defensive end. They're showing the the size, and also if you look at the the shooting luck, they're they're not opposing teams are not like missing wide open threes. This this isn't just some like aberration of that. They're being competitive and they are switching they are really getting out on the shooters they are really competing that's that's what matters they didn't have a defense that really made sense especially on ball before and now they have that and they have size around dame lillard that's all they needed before that's what they have now anthony simon seems like a streaky version of cj mccollum who can really shoot the lights out from three when he gets hot i mean they just needed a heater like that and they have and they've i feel like josh harton is a great position right now to be himself same with jeremy grant like it feels like they are in like the right position to to have the ball in their hands but not have to do it too much but like they're at liberty to like be themselves be on the in the fast break josh hart doesn't have to you know it's not like he's worried okay i gotta get this over to to dame it feels natural that he's taking the ball up and he's being aggressive with it right now he has like he's in the top five rebounding rate that was the most expected thing this year and that's what they needed too: rebounding defense wings man this team looks this this looks like a perfect start to the team we thought they might be, and if they're like this all season, like I said, they're gonna be in the uh, they're gonna be they're not gonna be in the playing. They're gonna be in the top six. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it it's been great to see because it, you you like to see it's coming together with with Dame still as as the focal vocal point of the team. It, it, you always like to see when a guy stays loyal, he stays with a team that they're able to build well around him and like Grant, he slotted in seamlessly. You got Nurkic and Hart just taking care of the boards, like Nurkic having 12 a game, Hart averaging 10 a game. 
The defense is looking good. You still have Gary Payton the second to add in into the rotation as well. And you're getting some nice looks out of Shade and Sharp off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Cameos, cameos, no doubt, but he's <laughs> he's doing he's doing some nice things that will definitely get you excited anyway. Yeah, it's what he's doing because it's like he's doing it from the corner. He's doing it from the from above the break. Like he's looking like a comfortable off-ball player, which is what he needed to be in order to actually contribute on the team. And defensively, he doesn't look bad. Like he doesn't look lost. And he looks like he has good size. Like he's one of those, like, is he six six, six five? He's like a he's like a long six six. Like that seven foot wingspan, like shows. Like he looks like he's a like in a Paul George body at times, even though he's not actually that tall, but just he has that length. So as a wing defender, he has awesome potential. Like if he is committed on the defensive end, like like I had mentioned uh in our previews, like that is how he's gonna get his minutes because he really looks like he has the the body type to kind of defend these wings in this league and the shooting i mean he looks comfortable there he looks comfortable cutting he looks comfortable shooting so we don't have to worry about you know is he this like boomer bust type talent that if you don't put the ball in his hands and try to develop him then is it even going to be worth it like he looks like a guy who can kind of grow slowly and be within the mesh of a team that needs him to be more of a role player as opposed to just a project so it's really exciting just to see like the little stuff like that yeah, yeah, for sure, and it's it's great that it's all come together that uh come together early, and you know that the the signs are all good there. I think the 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 one where you have is just that you hope that that went off that calf injury, Damian Lillard uh, last night. You hope that that's nothing nothing too serious. I mean, but like you know, watching him back back at his best the, the first few games of the season has just has been awesome. I mean, twenty points, forty one points, forty one points, thirty one points. The good dude's just. Going off, watching him go to work on teams is just is just so fun. He, he's right up there in terms of three pointers made early on the season, up there with, with Steph and a, and a couple of other guys. He's doing everything that you know Damian Lillard can do, and it looks like the team around him is one that's capable of really challenging in the for a top five, top six seed in the West. And you think they'll be able to compete when it gets to a to a playoff situation. The, the run of games that they have now, they got the Rockets next, and they have the Grizzlies, then they have a couple of games against the Suns. You'd be hoping that maybe they can rest Dame and uh, for that Rockets game, still, still pick up the win, and then hopefully he'll be back then for the games against uh, games against the Grizzlies and the Suns. So we really get to see an honest look of uh, the Trailblazers going up against two teams that they could end up facing come, come playoff time. Yeah, yeah, I love that. We're, we're already seeing kind of a lot of the, the looks here. Um and I think that they're those are gonna be such good matchups. That's the thing with the Suns. Like I, I don't, I don't not believe in the Suns. But when we talk about the Pelicans, when we talk about the Blazers, like we talk about teams that I think are going to be in that same conversation. So the Suns are not. I mean, you lose Jay Crowder, but they're finding themselves in a lot more even competition at their level now that these teams are are back and healthy. And I mean, dude, damn. We've forgotten. It takes it's very short term memory that we have because we're all about like visual. It's all about highlights. It's all about seeing these things. Dame is just one of the most fun players to watch. Mm-hmm. Like you never know what he's gonna do. You don't know if he's just gonna use his quickness and get all the way to the bucket. Seeing it, seeing a guy at six two just like duck around these these behemoths, like all these big wings we have in this league, and then just get to the bucket easily, or just take the most audacious threes. Like the three, the shot making that he brings is just so unmatched. And then when you combine that with like Anthony Simons, what scoring 20 points, 21 points from three in like eight minutes, like something like that, like that's, that's a really interesting formula. Like if, 
if Simons is on a heater, like Dame can just kind of sit back for a little bit, let Simon just go on a tear. And as a, as an opposing defense, how do you recover from that? Like you just watched Anthony Simons drop in 21 points. I mean, that, that was a really close game between them and the Nuggets and Simon just put that away. You, you have a, you have a guy like that who can, who you can rely on to, you know, maybe not every game, but again, we, we said this, said this in the off season. Simon just has to do that every once in a while. Dame's going to get it done most nights when Simon's is on Dame can kind of relax and they have other ways to do it. They have, they have a defense that can hold them back. So I, I'm, I'm excited for that, especially to see what they can do without Dame. See if Jeremy Grant can do a little more, Park can do a little more, maybe even give Shaden Sharp the ball a little bit, have fun with that against the Rockets, teams like that. You can kind of experiment, but yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, sure. And we've seen the the, the trust that uh, a Dame already has in uh, in Simons in that game against the Suns. He gave him the yeah. the ball to make that, that game that game winning shot. And then uh, obviously he took care of business as well against the uh, against the Nuggets. So it's really cool. So is there there any other kind of outsiders in the in the good tier categories we're thinking now? The the jazz, someone that needs to be mentioned. I mean, they they've got off to a the good or bad. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I mean they've got the ragtag team put together, but it's coming up trumps at the moment. Dude, they're they're like they're a competitive team though. Like they have guys who like they just have chips on their shoulders, you know? Like Larry Markin, a guy who was supposed to be like the next face. Like he was the he was the product of the Butler trade. Like he was like supposed to be like Dirk 2.0, athletic Dirk. <laughs> and like you'd see him do stuff in, in Finland and like just do these crazy things in Euroleague. And then assume like oh he's taking that next step so it's funny to see articles now like talking about oh he's translating his game from Euroleague to now it's like dude we i've spent like the past four or five summers looking at him just go crazy in Euroleague and then come back to a team and just not do it so I don't, it's it's so fascinating how like players will need different situations to get into it but the point i'm trying to get at is like this is a guy who's always had potential to pop as a star and i believed in that but some players just aren't in the situation to do it like whether it's X's and O's or just the vibe of a team, does a coach believe in them? Does he feel like he's comfortable? You know, there's so many little things that we can't point to that lead to a player to develop like that. But I think it's it's part of this is legit because I believe that Lowry Markin is that guy. And he's not even like, this isn't like shooting luck where he's just shooting a ton of threes and he's scoring. Like he is getting to the rim. He's doing things that he has shown flashes doing, but just doing them consistently. It looks comfortable in that role. And you, you still have Mike Conley. Like, Mike Conley will always write the ship. Jordan Clarkson looks as aggressive as ever. Colin Saxon still hasn't even gotten fully uh, into the swing of things, but he's a guy that I believe in that will contribute to this team. And then you, you have Jared Vanderbilt. I've loved his game ever since, you know, we, we've seen him get real minutes with the Wolves. Like, he's a guy that's going to bring it defensively. If you want to tank, you can't have guys like Vanderbilt on the floor, guys like Clarkson on the floor. If Lowry's playing like this, having him on the floor, like, good for them as players and as a team first time coach getting this result but kind of bad for the guys who are like hey this is a fun tank year and let's get like Webin Yama like you're already kind of losing the tank battle right now okay see kind of getting ahead of you like giddy taking giddy out Shay out already so you're you're a little behind in the tank standings yeah yeah there's no doubt about that but it seems like there's a, there's a good few teams that are kind of uh uh, behind in the tank, it doesn't seem like the tankathon is going to be quite as strong to start the season anyway. And one team we know that are obviously the Lakers are on for. We're not thinking of them as a tank team because they don't have any picks anyway. <laughs> that makes the Pels. That makes the Pels the tank team. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, you look at like the Magic are zero and five, and we didn't think they would be uh, down that low. If they're going to end up in a 
in the battle again and they could end up with another another high pick it'd be it'd be huge but another team of the, that are in the tankathon are the the pacers and i just wanted to mention them just because i'm loving what i'm seeing from our, yeah. our dark horse our benedict benedict matherin i'm just loving everything about what he's doing in the early days he's clearly playing with that bit of a bit of a chip on his shoulder he saw that comedy made he's like i know the names of all the guys that uh yeah. that got picked he talks too much he, he talks talk a little a too much. He does talk so, a little too much. So the other guys want, Someone needs to humble him. All the guys like, want to be the best. They talk. They talk a lot. I, I can't wait. James for... Harden did. <laughs> did you see that? With yeah. That dribble? He yeah. Put, put him on his ass. He did. He did. I, I can't wait to see him play the Lakers. And I want LeBron to just like dunk in his face. Just all <laughs> over him after saying that. Uh, it, was, it was like it was two minutes after he was drafted. He's like, yeah, I think you're the best player in the league. LeBron needs to prove he's better than me. Like, oh, come on. But he's playing so well. And this is my this is my Pacers hot take, and th- this is beautiful that a team like the Magic are seeing Paolo Bancaro average averaging like twenty four points, like five assists or something. Like he, he's his averages are through the roof. Like he, first I've player, not... first player since nineteen sixty eight to score twenty points in his first five games. Yeah, crazy. I mean, he just looks like a natural out there. We we said it with the the ball handling. Like you saw it in summer league, they pulled him early because it was just like this guy already looks the part. We don't need to see it anymore. Um, with teams like that, you'd love to see them lose because you stay in the tank, but you still have your young players producing. I feel like the paces run up will not be losing a ton of games for super long because they legitimately, to me at times, like they look like they're a wing away from like a complete core. You you see some flashes from Jalen Smith, like yeah, he good. yeah he looks really good, and he does some he does some non Turnerish things. I thought this would be an opportunity for Turner to evolve his game a bit and show, okay, you, you want to be more, like, on-ball actions and, like, prove that you can do some stuff with the ball and then let Jalen Smith be, like, you know, Miles Turner 1.0. Like, he'll be – he'll just replace what you do. But Jalen Smith has done some things off the dribble, like, in the mid-post. Like, he's got some touch. And his defense at the rim – there are times out there when, like, Turner and, um, and uh, Smith are on the floor together, and it looks like no one can get anything at the rim. Like they both look like a game breaking pair. Like if you are trying, if your strategy is you need to get to the rim, like you just talked about the Lakers. If you play a team like the Lakers that live, that need live and die by getting at the rim, like you are going to really frustrate teams like that. Um, there are times against the Bulls where it's like Zach Levine, who is one of the most feared slashers in this league. DeMar Rosen is the guy who's going to get up and really get fouled. Like those are, those were guys who were getting really frustrated against the Pacers because their defense was so good, so disciplined and right at the right at the highest point of the ball. Like they're very good rim protectors. And then you look at Halliburton, you look at uh Matherin. Matherin looks natural. My two, my two boys in fantasy loving those guys. Yeah. <laughs> you got you I didn't think that the uh the Tyrese Halliburton would be off to a better start than Maxi, but here we are. Um they look legit man. I mean they feel like they're a wing away like a, a really good wing away from like being from looking at this as a complete team. Like they don't feel like a, I don't know, like, like a team where maybe they're a few pieces away. They, they feel like they need one more solid, like three and D like wing, like a Mikhail Bridges archetype guy. And that's a team that they can build around. Yeah. Yeah. Not, definitely not, definitely not far away when you especially look at the the likes of the way Jalen Smith's shown that he does have ability to be a, uh, be more than just like a backup big in this league, but uh, 
Miles Turner, like the injury he picked up, was just the most Miles Turner thing ever. The way he fucking stood stood on a ball boy and twisted his ankle, like, that's just <laughs> stepped on a Lego. Like that's just so so Miles Turner. But uh, just to finish off on them, just say with Ma- Matherin, I just love he's in the perfect situation for a rookie that's trying to make his way. He's doing that little bit of everything. I've seen him scoring off cuts. He's scoring at the rim. He's shitting from three, but. He has no hesitation. He's been given the there's no uh, there's no lock on him. He's just going out there. You just go out there. You go out there and do your thing. Try and shoot your way into games. Like he had a terrible night against against Philly the other night in terms of like shooting percentage, but didn't didn't phase him at all. He just kept going at it and still ended up with 17 points. And that's exactly what you have to be when when you're a rookie in this league. And it's a uh, it's uh, it's really great to see. But uh, I think we better move on to some of the some of the bad teams and. Uh, the most disappointing one of all, uh, my my pick for uh, my pick for ch- champions of the NBA in twenty twenty three, the Philadelphia 76ers have started one and four, and it's just been it's just been really incoherent and really just disappointing to see so far. What's your reason for it? Do you have do you have a reason? Uh. One element I think is is the coaching. He keeps saying that like he wants to see more pace, he wants to see more ball movement, but we don't seem to be seeing that on the floor. The new guys haven't really settled in yet. Hopefully, there's an element that's just kind of a transition, and hopefully, maybe by the end of November, we'll see this team look better because there is a lot of new guys that are coming into the into the rotation, and of course, Joel Embiid. Another another issue he's battling with. He's having a slow start. That's always it's, gonna affect you. It's funny he's having a slow start, but he's still averaging 28 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, 1.4 blocks, PER of almost 25. Like it's it just feels like the vibe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is this is dumb, but like I, I made fun of you for making that pick for because of Harden, but Harden actually looks a lot more Harden X. Harden X because 25 eight and not and almost 10 assists like he's clearly doing a lot on the ball and he's doing it actually pretty efficiently but i think it's kind of everyone else is suffering like maxi has not looked like he's been comfortable yet um but i think this is just something that we'll have to develop over the year but it's just the vibe that the vibe the vibes are off you know i mean like mb doesn't look like mb in terms of like his body language no it, it there's something non-basketball about that i don't know what it is but this doesn't have a a co cohesive vibe right now and i mean tobias, tobias harris like when is anyone ever going to criticize tobias harris like is anyone going to do it do we have to do it like what are you doing he's, he's fully comfortable not being the one to blame for anything there's just, just no he's just non-existent at times before before last night in fairness to him he was he was uh hitting his threes which looked okay early i mean he was having six six and a half attempts a game he was hitting over 40 percent which was which was a good mark if he actually could do that with consistently over the year that would show a role that he can play in this team but the fact that that guy's getting paid 40 million is just so philadelphia 76ers like they if they wanted really be aggressive they should think about they should possibly be thinking about about trading him he just doesn't fit he doesn't fit within this team obviously this team hasn't fully figured out 
what way they want to play and what way they want to perform on both ends of the floor. But Harris is a guy who doesn't really fit in with the offense. And then the defensive end, they're often asking him to guard like the better the better players of the other team. And it doesn't uh, it definitely doesn't it doesn't always work out in uh, in their favor. I think they they shouldn't be opposed to the idea of possibly moving Harris on uh, during the season. To who? I I I don't know. I don't know. That's something. That's something the execs have to figure out. That's not for me to figure out. <laughs> you need to trade your forty million dollar twelve point per game scorer right now. Do it now. Um, yeah, just just like that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not super. I'm not super worried about them. I I definitely, I definitely am encouraged by a hard and start. Um, I think this is just a, this is gonna be a funky thing. I think we'll forget about this in a few months. Um, but what about the what what about the Nets though? Thinking, thinking about the Nets, I have a Ben Simmons take. I have a Ben Simmons take. Um, I uh, this sucks because I'm gonna assume that I'm just wrong, but I think that Ben Simmons' defense might have been very situational in the 76ers system. I am not sure if he's actually an all NBA defense player, I'm not sure. So the reason I say that is let's, let's compare him to Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo legitimately can play anything. You can do anything. And that, that was kind of the, the, the idea of Ben Simmons, but actually in, in practice, it's not really that true. Bam will actually, Bam has the highest percentage in the league guarding every position. Um, ben Simmons is mostly a perimeter defender, sometimes defending bigs. And I feel like he actually looked that good because he's going up against guards and he's huge and he's quick. He's a finesse kind of guy and he's not used to playing the center position. So I think we all assume that, Oh, the league's going small, like, and Lee's all about switching and it'll be fine. Like if he's playing the five, it's not like he's like defending Jokic every night or Embiid every night. So it's okay. But he doesn't look like an elite defender at the five position right now. And that was the reason why it felt like he'd be a big difference maker for the Nets. So I don't really care about the not scoring, blah, 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 whatever. It's For me, it's about the fact that he's fouling out. He doesn't look like a great screener, and he doesn't look like a great defender as a five. It's just five games, but it doesn't look natural. Like it, so I don't, I don't know what to do with that, you know. You know, him and Claxton also have a really weird fit. It doesn't look natural as well. You're not really getting the best out of Claxton if you're not using him to roll to the rim. I hate the fact that Ben Simmons is still in like no man's land in the non-dunker spot. Like he's not really in the dunker spot. He's just on the baseline doing nothing. I I don't know what to do with all that, but it's just now he's the common denominator. We can't just blame uh, Doc Rivers for that. So. Yeah, maybe this is maybe this is year one fell swoop. Actually, this is this makes sense that Steve Nash and Doc Rivers suck. Both should be fired, according to you. And maybe I won't disagree with you on that on that aspect. Yeah, I mean, well, with, with Nash, it, the, I'm not saying that he should be fired. I'm not going to blame him for what's what's, yes, he what's will. going on. Yes, you will. Oh, like don't get me wrong. I don't. <laughs> I don't believe he is a great. He's going to ever be a, a great coach in this league, but. It, it, I'm not going to say that the situation hasn't worked against him in, in his very first role, but at the same time, what he did last night, I'm not saying that he's like earned the right to be fired the first few games. It's just the fact that he just went crazy like that over such a small call. 
that just didn't that just didn't seem that seemed ahead of yeah that was there was something Unhinged. there's something else going on with him there maybe it was nothing to do with basketball at all but it just seemed the uh, it seemed out of order it just seemed very unseen Nash like and it was just a very uh, a very strange situation altogether but yeah with Simmons I mean when you hear the things like uh, up until I'm not sure it probably was extended last night that he had more fouls than uh. Then shot at him, yeah, stuff like that. That's hope something that you hope will will come back when he gets that bit of that burst of speed back. Hopefully, he still has it because I'm not I'm not saying that Ben Simmons has to be able to shoot threes or anything like that, but he's got to be able to put the head down, attack the space, and get to the rim. He can't be a primary ball handler and not be doing that. That that's oh, that's the thing that just frustrates me is that he will even be like in a matchup with a smaller guy and just not take him to the rim, just not put his back to the basket and not really look at it. And like, he just, he has to do that. Like, he has to do that. And I get that it's been over, what is it? The year or now that he hasn't played, but he just needs to get aggressive. And like, it's going to be all over the news every time he does has a performance like that. But even, even as a team, like the Nets just aren't shooting well. Kyrie Irving is shooting 22% from three on eight attempts. Even Kevin Durant's in a slump right now, 32% from three. As a whole, as a team, they're shooting 31% from three. And you'd expect a little bit better. I mean, their, their shooters are shooting fine. Patty Mills is shooting fine. Joe Harris is shooting a little bit below his mark. Royce is actually looking like a heater right now. In six attempts, he's shooting 40%. And that's a guy that, you know, I wasn't sure if his three-point shooting was real or not in Utah. But um, they're not going to survive without Ben Simmons being an elite defender and them not being a great three-point shooting team because right now I mean, in terms of the scoring aspect like Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving like they look like a consistent like 50-60 game 50-60 point uh duo they're gonna get 60 points out of them any given night and it's just the little pieces around them that haven't fit yet but again we said this is a team that maybe they they just take a minute they just need a minute to like kind of coalesce and figure things out so who, who are you worried about more, the the 76ers or the Nets? Um, still, still probably the Nets. Yeah, I, I think that's still, a I think that's the right answer. Yeah, I think that's the right answer. Just because of the turmoil that went on in the off season, the the mess that it appears to have been over the last few years, you still have to. You're always going to worry about them and still until it it actually starts to come together. But looking at it now, you're thinking it's very likely they could end up in a similar position to what they were last year where they had to go in through through the play in to get to the uh, to get to the playoffs so obviously still a bit of time they still haven't got their full complement they still have the likes of uh, TJ Warren we'll have to see what what sort of level he can come back at the Seth, Seth Curry coming back in Joe Harris getting back up to speed Ben Simmons getting back up to speed there's still a lot of elements that could turn things around quickly for this for this Nets team, but until we see it happen, yeah, you, you have to have that little, uh, little bit of worry in the back in the back of your mind. Yeah, uh, do you feel the same about the T Wolves? No, uh, uh, it, it's tough to say because they've they've only yeah. played teams really that uh, you could get you could excuse them for perhaps taking them a bit lightly, especially early in the, early in the season. Played the Thunder twice, the the Jazz, the Spurs twice. The three and two now. The the bigger worry that you have about the team is that they brought in Rudy Gobert, and up until last night they were still giving up fifteen offensive boards a game, and then they gave up fourteen more last night. They still got the win, but 
the the issue that plagued them last year, especially in the playoffs, it appears that it's still there, and that's that's where you start to have the bit of worry. Yep, last year, 28th in defensive rebounding percentage. Right now, they are 26th. And then we look at defensive rating. We know that they were not good last year. They were they ended at 13th, which was not terrible, but we expected with Gobert, like, oh, they're going to make a big jump. Right now, they're 16th. They've dropped down a little bit. And I, I worry that it's more – not worry, but I, I feel like, again, this is kind of like a Nets and 76 thing. Maybe this is just – coming together, but it felt like there'd be an immediate effect. Like I, I would have been, I would have predicted more that we'd be talking about, okay, the Timberwolves are not the third best defensive team. We need to relax. Like this is just some like randomness, but on the other end, maybe this is randomness that they're just 16th, but to have the best defender in the league on your team and to not have that immediate kind of bump in the first few games, not concerned. No, no need to like sound any alarms here, but Little little eyebrow raise, just slightly, slight eyebrow raise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good a good way, good way to put it. Then you look at the other the the, the offensive end. Obviously, they've had some some good camp, uh, good contributions off the bench. Obviously, they gave up a lot of their role players last season. But you think uh, Noel's had some yes. good performances. Reed has done well. Prince as well. And they've all made good contributions coming in off the bench, which is uh, which is great to see. And obviously, we know. Cats had a bit of a slow start. Maybe he's still recovering from that that issue he had in the off season where he was struggling to walk and everything like that. He's probably still recovering from that. Uh, twenty a pounds, bit. right? Yeah, he yeah, lost, lost twenty he pounds, lost a lot of weight. Yeah, insane. So that, like, yeah, hopefully that's that's something we're slowly going to see him get back, uh, get back to the level that he was at, especially towards the end of last year. And then Ant as well. He's he's had a bit of an open up and down year. I mean, the first game he got drops eleven. Then he goes 30 points, 30 points. Then he goes and drops nine, the loss against the Spurs. Then last night he goes off 34 points, nine nine assists, uh, goes seven to 12 from deep, and, and, and he just looked really impressive. But it's a bit of inconsistency there, and you, you just think that that's something that's going to come around. And obviously, he's had a, he obviously they, sh- they showed the stat that he put on a a good bit of weight and muscle this off season. He's had a couple of big uh, rebound nights, which is good. Which is really good to see for for the Timberwolves' point of view. But yeah, they're just one thing that you might just look at it if it's still this way another five games into the season. But for now, you're just thinking a bit of a worry. But you you hope that uh, five more games we'll 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 have forgotten all about this. Yeah, I don't wanna. I don't wanna over over criticize some of these players like this early because it's you know again so much so much can happen in the early goings but the shot selection still doesn't look great for me mm-hmm. 8.63 point attempts for a guy who put on that muscle to get better at getting at the rim and who's elite talent like probably like john morant level talent is barreling his way to the rim I do not want that guy taking 8.63s. That is not his like strong skill. It's a surprising skill that he's better than we thought he would be type thing. But he's a little he's still a little too in love with his jump shot. So to see that early in the year where it felt it feels like what you see early in the year is you know some things that players have been working on their game. So maybe Ant's like that his that's what his big thing is like, hey, I still love my shot, but I just need to get better at it. So he's still taking more and maybe he proves us all wrong and he shoots 
38% from three for the year on eight attempts. And I'm like, wow, I'm an idiot for saying that. But it still feels like that's not how he really breaks the game for other teams. Like what really breaks the, the game for other teams is like when Anthony Overs just gets to the rim whenever he wants. And he, you have to force, you have to force the defense to bend to you because they don't really have those other guys. Like Cat can do it, you know, if he's attacking a closeout, but Cat's really bending the defense by his shooting from the outside. D'Angelo Russell is not really doing that. Um, Jalen Noel, who, like, he's, he looks fun. He looks like a, he looks more than just like a, they spark up the bench. He looks like a consistent uh, player off the bench who's going to, you know, keep you in games. But Ant's that guy. Like, Ant needs to, like, his role in this team should be more to, really be getting in the paint and to be getting downhill. I just, I'd love to see that three point uh, uh, percentage go up, but I'd rather see him just take less threes altogether. Yeah. I mean, what you want to see from him is you dominate people. We see the athleticism, the hops he has, he can get over anyone and dunk the basketball. And now he's put on the muscle to get to the rim. You have to want to see him as a type of guy who's going to get inside and do his best work. But if a team tries to challenge him and forces him, to the perimeter, he can still just take the take those shots and still make them and say, "Yeah, sucker, you can't you can't stop me." That's that's got to be what his his thinking is. That's I'm sure that's what the Timberwolves thinking is as well. Yeah, and that's gonna unlock Gobert too. Like Gobert's needs needs a guy alongside him who's also gonna put pressure on the rim. Like you you can't run a balanced pick and roll attack if you don't have someone who's actually going to get into the paint. Like his his pairing with Donovan Mitchell is great because Donovan Mitchell could get downhill and that is an elite talent of Anthony Edwards. Like other teams, the best players in this league, like defenses have to concede something. And for Anthony Edwards, teams will be very happy to see if he decides to drop like 10 threes in. Okay. Like you beat us that way. Fine. But teams will have to respect the fact that he is in the top 10 percentile of a slasher in this league. He's a guy that like name other guys that are good, as good as him. It's getting to the rim. Like, you, you put him right up there with Ja, you put him right up there with, with Doncic, with guys like that who can really just have their way, especially with that weight. I'd love to see him too. Like, can he get into the post? Can he be a guy like like a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, who can really back somebody down with that type of weight? I think there's, there's other ways to do it, but it seems like this uh, this generation of of guards, you know, that's that's what they love to do. They love to get to that shot. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what Chris, what Chris Finch does about this. And again, this is all going to be an uh, implication on on him and I think he I think he was my pick. We were already forgetting your picks. I think he was my pick for he was, uh he was both the our coach picks. of the year. But we both yeah. picked him for coach of the year. So yeah, Chris Finch, you gotta 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 figure it out there, my friend. I think uh, I think that will that will do it. I think that, that we've uh, we've got through some of the good, some of the bad. It's all a bit up in the air at the moment the way things are going. But we'll finish off with a new another new segment in our our um, our thought of the week, a uh, new new segment here. And Chris, I'm I can only I can only come up with one, one a week. Come on, <laughs> just just the one, just the one intuitive thought that you had this week. What 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 was it? <laughs> I I only have one intuitive thought all week long. It takes me all all week to think of one intuitive thought. That's all anyone's gonna get out of me. Um, after this, there's just no more. Uh, I already mentioned it. Super intuitive. The Pelicans are going to be viewed as a better team than the Suns by the end of the year. I mean, that's my yeah. thought. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a bold one, but it's one that it's kind of it's kind of hard to to argue with uh, at the moment for sure. I think my one's a bit a bit more out there. My thought of week this week is that 
it came to me when I was watching the 76ers go down against the Spurs on Saturday. And the the commentators, it was the Philadelphia's home commentators, made the, the comment that Embiid was suffering from uh, plantar facilitis, which is like inflammation <laughs> of the, the bone which connects the to the toes. Come on. Yeah. So, sorry, I'm not a doctor. I don't know these things. Big words, you know. And that's causing serious pain, and it's just another issue. I thought he was just having a slow start, but no, there has to be another issue that mm. he's recovering from. And it just got me thinking, the Philadelphia 76ers will never be able to win anything with Joel Embiid as the lead guy because there's just always going to be something. We saw it. We've seen it with the injuries he's had uh, to start his career. Last season in the playoffs, he got obviously it wasn't his fault, but he got that... Uh, that facial injury. Then he, when he came back, he just wasn't the same guy. And then this year, it's, a, it's another issue to start off the season. I'm not recanting on my pick or anything like that. My pick for the champions in Philly and the my pick for Embiid being the MVP. But that's just a big worry that I have in my head. Big words and intuitive thoughts brought to you by us. I've I've always said that, but I, I feel like I feel like after last year, I was. I felt proven wrong. I felt like, all right, Embiid put together like a really, really good season, very consistent, wasn't out for long stretches. And then the face thing, it's like, what can you do about that? Um, but yeah, that, I, I did hear about the plantar fasciitis. There you go. Big word of the week. Should we, should, should we introduce words of the week as well? Fasciitis. There you go. Uh, it's in your foot and it's inflamed. Itis means inflamed. There you go. Uh, that's that's a worrisome one because that that's something that's kept bigs out for a while. Foot issues are never a good sign for for big guys um but still averaging almost 30 points a game on it so we'll, we'll see if that that continues but that is worrisome that's always been something that has been it's the, the big defensive issue. side of it that's not looking so good for mb that's yeah thing. exactly just very flat-footed which clinically that's a sign yeah yeah but uh i always always worry with that guy unfortunately but uh yeah that's gonna do it for today's episode um appreciate you guys sticking with us and making coast to coast your first listen I am Ronan Gain, and my thanks to Christian Nambu for joining me, and thank you all very much for listening. And remember, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and follow us on all your favorite social channels, from Twitter to TikTok. We are everywhere at Coast to Coast NBA. And remember, take every shot and love every moment.